Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today, we are going to study the book of Esther, chapter 9. That is Mugilat Esther, Parak Test. Uh, for those that have been following along, at the end of the last chapter, Mordechai and Esther were given permission to write in the name of the king any decree regarding the Jews that they so desired. And we mentioned that the decree that they wrote was designed to instill the uh, fear of the Jews among the population to realize that the the uh, full weight of the government of the Persian Empire and the king himself was behind the Jews so that even though the original decree declaring genocide of the Jews to take place on the 13th day of Adar, the people would um, be afraid to um, carry out the murder that was planned for the day and to allow Jews to allow the Jews and give them the strength and the support they needed to defend themselves. And we made a note, uh, we noted the fact that in the original decree it said that the Jews can would then have permission to um, defend themselves and kill those who attacked them, those who were making them suffer. So it wasn't a blanket permission. It was a permission to defend themselves against those who were di a direct threat. Um, we also learned that they were they were allowed to kill not just the the the, uh, the the permission was given to kill the armies the chel we said on on the the armies of those that come against them, but also women and children, presumably of those that are against them, and they were also given permission to take the uh, booty. Um, the, the plunder of those that they killed now and we had a question that this this is kind of morally bothersome and the way we started to explain it was that Mordechai wanted to create an environment because he could not rescind the decree of genocide he wanted to create an environment which made people afraid to attack the Jews and therefore the decree was a lot more harsh than you can imagine evidence for my assertion will be found in this chapter when we see what actually happened and what the Jews that defended themselves actually did. So let's study that today as we begin chapter 9, verse 1. Uvishnei Masar Chodesh, and in the twelfth month, Bechodesh Adar, which is the month of Adar, Asar Yombo, on the thirteenth day. This is the day that had been declared as the day that the Jews were to be wiped out and exterminated. Asher the, the day it had reached which the, the original decree of the king and the law of the king to be carried out, which was to kill the Jews, Bayom on that day, Asher Sibiru, where the enemies of the Jews had hoped, to rule over the Jews, and everything was turned upside down. The, uh, the opposite happened, Asher Yishlutu Hayudim, because what happened was the Jews ruled Hema Bisonehem, they ruled over those who hated them and who came against them to kill them. Nikalu Hayudim Biarehem and the Jews gathered together in their cities, Bahamadinos Hamalachashbirosh, and all of the provinces that were under the rule of the King Achashbirosh, Lushloach Yad to literally that means to send their hand, in other words, to strike against Bimibakshirasam, those who sought to do them harm. So again the permission was against those who 
came against them to defend themselves. And no one could stop them. There wasn't a man that could stop the, the Jewish armies and soldiers from defending themselves. Because the environment was an environment of fear of the Jews. Everyone knew that the king's strength was behind them. People were afraid of them. The moral victory belonged to the Jews over all the other nations that sought them harm. And all of the, the heads of the kingdoms, uh, of the provinces, the governors, and the, uh, and the officials, and the satraps, and those that did the king's work, in other words, that worked for the government, they all showed honor to the Jews. They raised up the Jewish people. And that is because they saw that's where the king's heart was. So the government helped the Jewish people on that day rather than what would have happened the other way around. So Mordechai and Esther's decree achieved its desired effect. And as it says, because the fear of Mordechai, who is now the second in command to the king, and this again explains why Mordechai did wear the royal robes and so on, not out of a sense of arrogance, but rather because in order to protect the people, he needed to create this sense of fear and awe of him. Because Mordechai, the reason why they were afraid, the verses make this extremely clear, explaining why Mordechai did what he did. Because Mordechai was now Gadol he was now very high up in the house of the king, and his reputation, preceded him and went among all of the countries. Everyone knew that Mordechai was the big guy now. Because the man, Mordechai, his, was rising higher and higher in the government. He was now the big second in command. Again, the first emphasizes, I think this is the fifth time that it emphasizes that the Jews struck their enemies, the ones who came against them, and they struck them strong. Those that sought their harm, they struck them with the sword, they killed them and destroyed them. And they had the upper hand so that they were able to do away with their enemies as they wished. And in the capital Shushan, the Jewish people killed and destroyed 500 men. This is very clear that they only killed the men, only the army. Even though the decree read men, women, and children, there was no genocide uh, occurring against the enemies. They only attacked the armies of those that were against them and only killed the men that came against them. And this will be made clear again in a later verse, which we'll get to. And among those men were the following people, the 10 sons of Haman, as you can imagine, they were some of the greatest Jew haters of all, the Parshan Dota, I'm going to read their names without translating, the Dalfon, the Daspata, the Korata, the Adalia, the Saridata, the Parmashta, the Sarisai, the Saridai, the Vaizata. Those are Aseret ben Haman, those are the ten sons of Haman ben Hamdasa, the son of Hamdasa. Tzorer Hayudim, who was the enemy and the one who made the Jews suffer, Harogu, they killed them. And then it makes it clear, even though they were so told in the decree that they can take the booty, Uvabiza, but in the plunder, Lo none of the Jewish people touched the booty. They made it very clear that they weren't doing this because they wanted to get money, they wanted to get wealthy off the people that they killed. They did not do commit the genocide, which there was 
meant to be killed against them. They were not out for revenge. They were not out for, for, for wealth because they did not touch the plunder they left alone. This is clear. It's very clear from here, and we'll see this repeated again shortly, that the the even though the decree did read to kill the, the permission to kill women and children and to take the plunder, that was designed only to create fear among the masses so that the Jews can have a victory. But it was not meant as actual instructions, as we see very clearly that the Jewish people did not touch the plunder, did not touch uh, families, women, children. They only killed the armies that came against them. Bayomahu on that day, the number of the dead, which was 500, Bishushan Abira, the capital of Shushan, came in front of the king. And the king saw what the people had done, and he saw what kind of people they were. The king said to Esther, the queen, Bishushan Abira, he said, in the capital Shushan, the Jews killed and slaughtered 500 men, including the 10 sons of Haman. What will they now do in all the other countries of the, that belong to the king? What is it that you want and it shall be given to you? Now that I know that you are the ones who are loyal to me, and what else is it that you need from me that you are requesting from me. So the king is still, even though there was a loss of 500 men, his heart was still with Esther. He still wanted to make sure that Esther had what she needed. But Tomer Esther told, and Esther said to the king, if it is okay in the eyes of the king, apparently she understood that the risk was still there. The hatred against the Jews was still there. So, you know, Tain Gam Tomorrow should also be given to the Jews that are in Shushan to do as they had done today, to continue to defend themselves against the existing threat. And allow them to hang. Apparently they were killed, but now I want to hang them upon a, a, um, a wooden a stakes or uh, poles in order to presumably um, demonstrate in a public way to the people to be afraid of the Jewish people so that they don't harm them. And the king said that this should be done. And the law was passed in Shushan. And they hung the ten sons of Haman. And the Jews that were in the capital of Shushan gathered together. And the next day, the, tw- the 14th day of Chodesh Adar, and again, they killed 300 men, presumably just like before, these were the men that came against them. And again, it doesn't say anything about women and children because that was not the point. The point was not revenge. Again, it emphasizes that the plunder, they did not touch the plunder. They did not do this because they wanted to gain that wealth, but rather they did it to defend themselves. Verse 16, and the rest of the Jews that were in the rest of the provinces of the king, they also were able to stand up and protect themselves and get relief from their enemies who had been oppressing them. And they killed among their haters, among the people that came against them. Again, the verse emphasizes they killed among those that hated them, those that were coming to harm them. In the entire 127 provinces, we don't know 
what the population was, but it was an extremely large amount of people, Chamisha of the Shivim Elef, 75,000 of their enemies, Uvabiza, and again, in all of the provinces, they did not touch they did not touch the plunder, they did not do this for the purposes of plunder. That this occurred on the 13th day of the month of Adar, but on the 14th day they rested because they were victorious. They made that 14th day a day of, of happiness and a day of celebration because they were saved from the impending the potential disaster that had almost occurred. Verse 18, The Jews that were in the capital Shushan who had fought for two days, the 13th and the 14th, they fought on the 13th and the 14th, but they rested on the 15th day. They made the 15th day a day of celebration and happiness. So the Jews scattered throughout the, all of the land, celebrated on the 14th day. The Jews in the capital celebrated on the 15th day. Al-Kain, for this reason, Jews in general, for the rest of history, that live in cities across scattered across the world, that live in the scattered cities, in other words, not in the capital. They from now on will make the 14th day of the month of Adar, a day of Simcha, a day of celebration, and, and happiness, and a, a holiday, and a day to send gifts, one man to his friend, a day of generosity. This generosity is, is so important, a day of generosity, a day of friendship. This was a day in order to demonstrate that the opposite of, of killing for plunder and killing to gain for oneself, it became a day of celebration and a day to give to others, to give gifts to others. Verse 20, Mordechai wrote these words, in other words, this entire scroll until this point, and he sent scrolls to all of the Jewish people that lived and resided among all of the provinces of the king those that were close to the capital and those that were far out among the far reaches of the realm. And in his scroll he wrote that they should um, always fulfill this to make this holiday at Yom the 14th day of the month of Adar and also the 15th day of this month, this should be kept every year from henceforth and on throughout history. Just like those days, they should make a holiday just like those days, that the Jewish people were able to rest from their enemies and not be worried about getting attacked by their enemies. And to remember that month in which which flipped from being a month of terrible sadness and terrible pain, it flipped to becoming a month of happiness and a month of deliverance. So may Eva, a month of mourning, we tov to a month of holidays. Basototam to make these days, he may mishtevesimcha, a days of happiness and part and 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 feasting. And again, umishloach manot a day where people send gifts one to another, umatanot lebionim, and they give gifts to the poor, a charity to the poor. Remember, again, a day of the opposite of plunder, a day where one stretches his hand out to his neighbor to help one another and stretches his hand out to the needy to help them as well. 
And the Jews accepted upon themselves that which they had started on their own to do because they started celebrating on their own, but then they accepted upon themselves to make this a holiday forever. And that which, and to accept upon themselves that which Mordechai had commanded them and told them to do in his scrolls. Why? Because Haman, the son of Amdata, the Agagite, so the enemy of all of the Jewish people, he planned to destroy the Jews. And he spun dice and chose randomly what day it should be that he's going to destroy them. That is the, the lottery that he did with the intent of destroying the Jews and exterminating them. However, but when Esther, Queen Esther, came before the king, Omar im Omar, he said, the king said that together with the scroll that he wrote against the Jews, he and his scroll, Yashuv Torah, we are going to rescind and turn upside down his evil plans, that he had uh, deviously plotted against the Jews, Al-Roshel, it should be flipped over on his head, and instead he and his sons ended up hung up on the tree. Al-Kain, therefore, that's why these days are called Purim, because Al-Shem HaPur, because of the Pur, which is the, the dice or the um, uh, that he threw out. Al-Kain, therefore, Al-Kol Divrei HaYigeres Hazos, Therefore, all of the words that are written in this letter, and what the people had seen during this time period, and what had actually occurred to the people of this time period, the Jews undertook it upon themselves and accepted it upon themselves, upon themselves, and on their children, and all other people that joined the Jewish people. So all converts and over the centuries, whoever joined the Jewish people, and this holiday will never pass. It will always remain. That these two days will be done the way it is written in this book. And during that time of year, every single year into the future. Verse 28, and these days will always be remembered and will always be kept in every generation, in every family, in every country, and in every city. And these days of the holiday of Purim will never pass from among the Jewish people. And they'll remember will never be cut off from their descendants. Verse 29, And Esther the queen, the daughter of Avichael, she wrote, and Mordechai the Jew, who was, you know, her foster father, they all both together wrote down at Kaltokev all of the power, all of the tremendous uh, greatness that, that, that they had experienced. That they should always uh, fulfill this letter that describes Purim um, a second time. Exactly why it uses the language Hashenis is is because um, is, uh, is, remember the first letter was declaring the holiday and the second letter was, declare, was the letter in which they described the story that had happened. So again, they sent books, they sent scrolls, they'll call Yehudim, 
to all of the Jewish people. Al Sheva Vyasim Medina to the 127 provinces, Malchot Achashveros, the kingdom of Achashveros, Divrei Shalom Ames, words of peace and truth, words of encouragement. That they should always fulfill these days of Purim, Bismaneam, in their appropriate times. Kasher Mordechai just like Mordechai and Esther had asked them to do. Of Esther Hamalka and Esther the Queen, and just like they accepted them upon themselves and their families, just like that they had accepted upon themselves to fast and pray and cry when the bad decree was, they also accepted upon themselves to celebrate when the good things happened. And the word of the Queen Esther, they 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 enforced, they reinforced. These words are regarding the holiday of Purim that we just talked about, the Nechtav Basefer, and it was all written down in the scroll for posterity, which is why we're reading that scroll today. This concludes chapter 9. Thank you so much for studying chapter 9 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 10, and of course the entire book of Esther together.